One of the things that I love about backpacking is the social aspect of sitting around a campfire in camp and getting to know the people you're with better. Sometimes finding new people to go backpacking with can be difficult if you don't have a group of friends that also enjoy hiking and camping. Well, let me tell you about a new feature for my friends at Art of the Trek. You know Art of the Trek is a rad system for planning backpacking trips, mapping routes, and getting custom route guides from their team of internal people that create these custom route guides. Art of the Trek has now developed a new feature called Buddies that allows you to securely and privately submit information about yourself, your hiking style, location, and more that will allow you to find like-minded hikers in your area to go backpacking with. So check out buddies.artofthetrek.com to start getting connected with new hiking partners in your area. Now, as someone with an absolute addiction to outdoor gear and apparel, I enjoy finding new and exciting pieces of outdoor gear and apparel to test in the backcountry for the different styles of trips that I go on. For the past several months, I've been testing the brand new Sawtu pants from Outdoor Vitals that were just launched on a new Kickstarter campaign. And I gotta say that I am genuinely impressed with the features and the quality of these pants. The fit, which is also a huge aspect when it comes to something that you need to move with you and not against you when you're out hiking. The Sawtu pants are full of features like fast drying stretch fabric, hidden zipper vents on the side, built-in belt, gusseted crotch, and a lot more. And as a company that's fairly new to outdoor apparel, I am genuinely impressed with how well these pants fit and perform in the backcountry. Outdoor Vitals is also releasing a thermal layering system made from a new fabric called Dragon Wool. The new Dragon Wool hoodie has quickly become one of my favorite base layers to wear as I've been out fly fishing the past few months. Even when it's become wet from being in the river, I've stayed warm wearing it. As someone who just legitimately gigs out on outdoor gear and apparel, I'm impressed, and I recommend checking out Outdoor Vitals' new Kickstarter campaign. So follow the link in the show notes for their Kickstarter campaign. And a huge thank you to Outdoor Vitals for sponsoring today's episode. Welcome everyone to the Backpacking Experience Podcast. I have two awesome Ohio natives that are joining me here on the podcast today. I've got Kevin Schill and Andy Schill from Schill Brothers Outdoors on YouTube. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Hey, this is awesome. You know what? You know How are you doing? Good. And you know what's hilarious, Devin, is this is the first time we've been on somebody else's podcast. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this is thank you for that. Yeah, I don't even know. We don't know what to do. What do I do with my hands? Yeah. Nobody can see me. <laughs> this is, I'm not fancy enough to have a whole video set up to, to do all this. I can't yeah. imagine how much work it's been for you guys to set that up on your channel. Have you ever considered doing video with the podcast? No. Never, not, even, <laughs> not even an ounce of thought to that. <laughs> I, the whole idea with the podcast from the beginning was to have it kind of be like an appendage to my YouTube channel. Yeah. And so by having 
like doing audio only yeah. it allows for a totally different creative experience yeah than what i do with video and i didn't really want to mix that so that's uh that's why i answered that so quickly we, we just <laughs> for it we yeah. mixed them but we yeah. but, you know, one thing and one thing you you helped me a lot with was you know putting the audio up on a legit podcasting platform which has been cool it's been cool yeah anchor has been a at heaven sent for lack of a better term, because it was totally free and <laughs> it made getting the podcast out and available for everybody in a quick, easy format, really, really simple to do. Yeah. So, and I had, I had no idea even how that all worked. You kind of helped me walk me through that, like with all the feeds and everything. And like, I didn't know like how, like, you know, you, you put it somewhere and then it gets sent to like 10 different places and it's kind of cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's a cool yeah. new outlet for us, you know. Super slick. Um, well, very cool, guys. Uh, let's talk about backpacking today, obviously, but you guys are kind of unique in the not only the YouTube world, but I also think in the dynamics of you don't see two brothers hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> all the time we actually hate each other we just we just, we just, we just, we just do it for the money we just do it for okay the money. okay now that that's out of the way and we know your your real intent of, <laughs> of what you're doing no i do think it's interesting that you guys are, are running a youtube channel together as brothers and it's obvious that you guys spend a lot of time together and watching your videos your wives seem to be best friends so it's kind of like the perfect storm of why not, right? Right. It makes it easier for like uh, like ideas on like yes. what content to create yes. and just, you know. And shooting. Yeah. Shooting, it makes it like when I went out by myself in Tahoe and I was like, oh man, I got to do all <laughs> my shots and I got to do all my shots. <laughs> and Andy's usually taking these. <laughs> and uh, like just carrying gear, carrying camera gear too. We also, we also, uh, even though we're making millions of dollars on YouTube, <laughs> we it's also nice to split all the like costs of all the technology. 50, yes, 50. that's yeah, yeah, because we have all the money we make into it, and then more, <laughs> and, and so we we split the more between the two of us. So it it, it softens the blow a little bit, yeah. and luckily for us, you know, we we live like three or four miles away from each other, so it's fairly convenient to do this. Yeah. Super. Wow, you guys are that close together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I used for the last three months. I lived like a quarter mile away, but uh, wow. yeah, I just moved. I mean, we're both in we're both in Columbus, um, and now we're just in two suburbs that are right next to each other. So it makes it convenient for sure. Very nice. Yeah, I, I, in some ways, I I love my brothers. I've got two brothers and a sister, and like I have a great family. But I have never really thought like, oh. I want to go backpacking and spend all this time in the outdoors with my brother. And he'd be like my primary person that I hang out with in the backcountry. Well, so it's just like never really been an option well, for me. We, we, um, we have a crew. We have a crew. We do have a regular crew. It's, yeah. it's Although the last, ever since we started the channel, you and I have been doing a lot of stuff ourselves, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, Andy's the only, I always tell him this, he's the only person, he's literally the only person I can backpack with where I don't have to worry about like like when we take like other, yeah like when we take other people like 
I don't, and I, I don't know what your experience is with, with this, but when we, when we take our friends, like there's always like someone's got to borrow our stove and someone's yeah. good for somebody. And somebody somebody forgot their this, lighter. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, going backpacking is great when you have more people, but he's the only one where I don't have to worry about any of that. Yep. So it's nice for me. Yeah, I can relate to that so much. Yeah, I, know, I had, I I'm sure I had, uh, I had some of my students this semester, which crazy semester trying yeah. to teach backpacking virtually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with everything that's happening with this whole yeah. virus shenanigans. But yeah, I had a, I had a student ask me, he was like, so what do you do after you take classes out? Do you like start hanging out with other people or do you normally take new uh, backpackers or people that have never been before out? And I'm like, honestly, the only time I take new people out on the trail is when I'm taking students out. Otherwise, I want to be able to enjoy myself and yeah. not have to constantly be like teaching and always in teacher mode or guide mode. Yeah. Of <laughs> it just it can so, get. We've had some. I we've had some experiences with some people that have just like they're even though like they're familiar with backpacking, you know their level of of fitness and then also the gear that they had ends up ends up being a bad trip for them and then yeah also kind of puts a strain on us because we have to worry about making sure that this person survives basically yeah yeah we've had some we've had i'm sure i'm sure you have too um but we've had fitness is a good one we've we've brought some pretty out right right (laughs) that's a recipe for disaster yeah (laughs) a hundred mile trip too yeah um, so Andy and I, it's funny, we, we, and now it's ironic because now, and I'm sure I, I, I'd be curious to see your thoughts on this, but now because of the YouTube thing, we get people want, I mean, not even like subscribers, we have other YouTubers, like we go backpacking with big groups of people now more than we ever have. Yeah. And, and sometimes, sometimes we have to kind of sit back and be like, sometimes we just need some, some quiet time on the trail Yeah, and not always have to have like a million people. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. Like kind of my ideal is no more than three people. Yeah. Ooh. And that's a good, because like, then you're not, you're not only having conversation with one person Yeah. and it allows for a little bit more dynamic conversation and experience and just changes things up a little bit. But yeah, I don't really like to go with more than we are people. Our max, like our comfortable max is four. Yeah, and even at four, it starts getting a little sketchy, like at campsites and stuff. Especially then, if, you, if you have four hammocks. And then it gets like real awkward if you're doing like miles during the day. It's like, does everybody have to wait for each other? Right. Yeah. So I I think really the the only people that we feel outside of some some YouTubers is our is our buddy Sam. Too. Yeah, and and he's he had to prove himself. He was. It took a little like while. That, it took a know? little while, but uh, there is there are definitely some YouTubers we've gone with who are like we don't have to worry about them at all. And, oh yeah, yeah, like most of them. Yeah. Most of them, I would say most of them. Yes. Do you know any YouTuber that you? I can't think of anybody that like really. Actually, I can. Never mind. What? <laughs> I, I, I don't. Want yeah, to where are you going with this? <laughs> there was a there was a YouTuber that was. And I'm and I'm half joking, but kind of half serious. That was relying on other people for yeah. everything. Yeah, but I don't. It'll wanna, happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. I'll tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you off air. It'll happen. It's all good. Yeah, and I think that can sometimes just be a recipe for they don't really know how to make it happen for themselves, and so they almost feel like they 
and I'm just generally speaking, not any about anybody specifically, but not everybody knows how to how to make it work for them. And yeah. like, yeah. if I want to go on a solo trip, that's not going to happen. Like yeah. they would probably end up getting themselves hurt or in a bad situation. And so they do rely on other people that are more experienced to kind of be the motivation for them to get out. I could not imagine taking classes of people every year. <laughs> I just feel like I would just constantly be like, just somebody would is just that, be standing that, there holding a tent that, and be like, what do I do? Is that, like, I, I'm sure it's enjoyable for you, but I mean, is it, is it overly, is it overly a, a good experience to do that every year or do you do it twice a year, like each semester? Yeah. So I, I teach the spring semester and the fall semester and there's only been not even a handful one or two experiences where it was an issue in any kind of way. And that I was in like 100% like teacher mode of like, listen to me. If you do what you're about to do, this is going to happen and it's going to cause these issues. But aside from that, I feel like all of the groups that I've taken out, which has been I think six or seven classes now, it's been a really great experience. But I also plan trips that are very mild in Mm -hmm. It's strenuous, not being strenuous, and just making sure that people are not being put in positions that make them feel really uncomfortable. Even though we do <laughs> very often a lot of river crossings. Oh, nice! And uh, that's always that's always and wag bags. Pretty much <laughs> anytime we're in the desert, Funny. it's uh, a lot of river crossings, and you're expected to use wag bags. And so, people, it's it's like one of my favorite days of classes when I'm like, okay, here's the trip plan, and I'm gonna load this onto you right now. You have to carry two pairs of shoes. One pair is like a dry pair of shoes to wear in camp, and the other is your wet hiking shoes. We are not taking shoes off whatsoever throughout the whole day like we're not going to cross rivers by stopping dropping packs taking shoes off and this is like an expectation that students have is like oh we're going to do river crossings we're going to drop our packs we're going to take our shoes off we're going to wade across dry our feet put our shoes back on mm-hmm. like i don't waste and anybody that's been backpacking for any period of time knows it's kind that of dangerous that, to do that too yeah it is yeah i mean you're exposing your feet to who knows what in the river but so there's that, that people are always like, well, can I wear sandals? And the university has a policy to, that no open toed shoes are allowed. Oh, so, wait, on the university itself? No, no, no. On, on trips. Okay. Got it. Yeah. On, on outdoor trips. And that's just to protect people's feet sure. and everything. Yeah. But then my favorite is the reaction every time I get when I'm like, we're going into the desert. And you have to poop into a bag. (laughs) How does that go over? (laughs) For the most part, it's pretty good. Uh, But there's always a couple students that are like, I'm just going to hold it. (laughs) How many, how many, a bunch of cheese. How many nights? Yeah. Uh, It's a weekend trip. Three days, two nights. You could make it. You could. It would be rough. Yeah. And a lot, and a lot of them do, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) How many people are on these things? We max it 12. Since it, that's what permits. Is it just you? Like, is it you and somebody else helping out or is it just you in charge of 12 people? 
So it would be 10 students. I have okay. one spot open for a teacher's assistant or a TA. Yeah. And then myself. So so when you get to usually camp, 11. are you just like running around, like helping people set up tents, like just like doing all these crazy camp chores times 10? Yes and no. I delegate a lot. Like I will throw as much on people as possible. So two people, you have to go fill the water bags so that we have enough water for everybody in camp, get your tent set up. Like, and there's been a a few occasions where I have had to like teach how to tie proper knots for pitching a tarp and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, because we do a day of like camp setup before we go on the trip. Okay. The the students have a good idea of what's not tying is an underrated uh <laughs> it's an underrated Andy, Andy, skill. Andy keeps trying to get people during this quarantine. It's a great time to brush up on the not tying. <laughs> it totally it totally is. Okay, so here's here's a question for you. What what are the like the top three knots for backpacking you think? Um so first off, I don't tie that are that are not related to hammocks. <laughs> Andy does all the knot tying. Okay, so I'll give you I'll give you my top three. Any so I'm gonna I'm gonna put a category of knots as one. Any any hitch style knot is gonna be okay. Like number one probably. Number two would probably be some type of fisherman's knot, like connecting multiple lines together. Okay. And number three probably like a um, oh, what's the climbing one? Is it a figure eight? What do they call that? I think it's called a figure eight. Or yeah, a figure eight, eight follow through or a figure eight on a bite. Depending on what you're using, figure eight on a bite. Yeah, I gotta get it. I gotta. I use that. I mean, we use that for everything, like bear lines, anything you need to 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 connect stakes or something like that. Uh, I use that all the time. But but hitches, figure eights, and some type of like fisherman's knots to connect multiple lines together. Yeah, because I don't hammock camp. I feel like I use there's like three or four knots that are the only knots that I ever use in the backcountry. Well, we use zero knots for the hammocks. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, <laughs> it's no. all for like clotheslines yeah. and like, yeah, like, right. Cause you're using all the titanium yeah. hardware, right? Yeah. 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 yeah we, 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 we use hardware and like pre-rigged stuff for, for the hammocks. Yeah. yeah. It's like all like, just like vanity stuff. Yeah. We gotta get a camp. Yeah. Tarp. That's, that's just like, Oh, I gotta prop my chair. I gotta attach my chair to the tree when I'm not. Yeah. Using it. Yeah. That's- <laughs> yeah. I just tie like a, a bowline on to a carabiner and that's how I hang my, my bear line. But I don't even, this is interesting. Um, I don't even really hang my food anymore. I've like pretty much stopped hanging my food. That is interesting. Are you using like a nursack or something like that? No. Using as your pillow. You 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 have bears, right? Yeah, there's. I mean, there's black bears up in our area. So what are you doing? But I've never seen one in the twenty years, twenty plus years that I've been backpacking. Are you doing the patented Shill Brothers move where you just you keep just, it in your hammock? You just, <laughs> 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 Be lazy and put it under your chair. <laughs> That's, see, we at least we and and the the ODNR is changing face, but we we at least technically don't have bears here, so we don't we don't feel as bad about doing it. But we have like we have like like Midwest like like raccoons, and coyotes, 
and right but wasn't it wasn't it andy that was talking about in a previous video that on some piece of private land which yeah now i have to ask the question with where we're at in in tv history is it not just some kind of tiger king that is (laughs) it's very possible ohio's known for that (laughs) (laughs) that situation happened in ohio yeah that was the famous uh the famous uh yeah uh, guy um a guy had uh, about an hour east of Columbus. He had like a Tiger King set up and they all got free. Yep. Well, no, wow. he, let them, he let them free. He was getting, he was getting, uh, going to jail for weapons charges. People were like hitting zebras on the highway. <laughs> yeah. He was going oh to jail gosh. for yeah. weapons charges. So before he went to jail, he let everything out and then shot himself. And then the, <laughs> cop, the cops had like the sheriff's department had like a, like rhinos and- <sighs> just i don't know if he had rhinos but it's pretty he had giraffes didn't he i don't know he had I don't- zebras for sure <laughs> yeah. but they pretty much they pretty much surrounded the whole property took out their ars and had to gun everything yeah down. yeah that is what they did yeah <laughs> they did it at night too <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. and they had like spotlights and stuff i, I forgot about that yeah it was bad okay oh well we we've digressed <laughs> back to back to the food in the tent yeah um yeah yeah, so I've basically just started putting the food. I'll either like double wrap it somehow. So if I've got a stuff sack that is not being used because it was something else, I don't know, for my sleeping bag or whatever, or I'll just like put it in my pack, which isn't always a great idea because then an animal will just rip your pack up. Right. But that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to do some kind of like double layer yeah. kind of thing. And then I just throw it at the foot of my tent and. So far, so far, it's not been an issue for the last, I think it's five or six trips. I haven't hung my food. Do they have any like recommendations in your area that you should be following? Not really. I mean, there are signs on like trailheads and stuff that you're in bear country and, but there's no, we don't have any kind of regulations or requirements for you to use a bear canister or anything in the, in the entire state. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's pretty wild. Literally, the worst thing that'll happen then is like mice will chew through your tent and then destroy everything. I mean, the worst thing that'll happen is a bear will eat you while you're sleeping. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) At this point, I've got worst case scenario. (laughs) Mountain mines. Do you have mountain mines? Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you that. What was the question? What's the mountain lion situation out there? Prevalent. But I, so I have actually seen a mountain lion one time. While I've been out on a day hike, I wasn't on a backpacking trip, but, uh, they, they are very like present in Utah, but they're hard, hard to see. Are are they, they go after your food? Yeah. Are they like scavengers like that? Or are they just more like, like, like to hunt you and kill you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't think they're like bears where they're yeah. like going into people's camps and I think they're going to like stalk you and attack you. Cool. Oh, what yeah. about coyotes? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, don't quote me on this because I don't, I'm not like a super active hunter, but I believe that Utah has like a, uh, some kind of law or regulation that allows you to get paid for taking oh. down coyotes. License to kill. Be a fun spring break. Trip. Pretty much. Yeah. So you can go out and hunt coyotes and then turn them in. I don't know what the whole process looks like and if I'm even correct on that. So, but it is something that I've, that I've heard. 
coyotes are all over the place. And it's honestly one of my favorite things in the backcountry, especially in the desert when you wake up in the morning and you just hear coyotes howling yeah. down in the yeah. canyon bottoms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's the best. Another issue we have with food at campsites, and I'm curious if you have this in Utah, is actually probably the biggest one is raccoons. No, not really. Do you, but they exist in Utah, correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But not like where you're not out in the wild, like where you're backpacking and stuff. No, no. Um, the biggest issue that I've had in the backcountry with food getting chewed on and taken out is just ground squirrels and yeah. chipmunks and that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess we have we get into food. Squirrels. We had squirrels getting food bags. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've, I had a, uh, a Dyneema food bag torn apart one night and it was hung. Yeah. It was hung. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. They'll just, dude, they'll jump or scale down your line. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They (laughs) They don't care at all. (laughs) You want to hear a funny story? Cause when that happened, they, I had a bunch of beef jerky in there Yeah. and they had got into a, they had broken open the bag of beef jerky and ate a little bit of it. Okay. So the next morning there's still like half a bag of beef jerky and uh, our buddy Sam ate it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure he didn't get sick at all. No. This is how COVID starts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 oh man. A backpacker eats squirrel jerky. <laughs> that's like that's probably a too soon joke, but at this point with where everything is that's one of the better better jokes i've heard in a while <laughs> yeah i mean come on with all the memes floating around that that one is the least of them. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah yeah for sure i know right I, I i yeah yeah i mean sometimes in this type of situation that nobody has ever been in before it's like all you all you can do is laugh sometimes try not to be disrespectful of yeah. course yeah Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I kind of want to switch gears a little bit here and I want to talk about gear a little bit. So I went back on your guys's YouTube channel uh, earlier today and I, (laughs) sometimes I do this when I get bored, I go back and I look at everybody's like oldest videos of some of like these various uh, backpacking YouTubers. And so I want to talk about gear and like, the evolution of your backpacking gear because the first videos that you have on your channel are like individual gearless videos. I remember yep. that too. Yep. I remember With shooting GoPro. I remember shooting the very first one and it I felt really awkward. Never <laughs> before. Yeah. Okay, the first the first one of you going through your gear, Andy, is really funny because Kevin's just like lounging back on the couch, yeah, like, there. Yeah. "Why am I even here?" <laughs> <laughs> well, that was yeah, that was weird. That, but then I remember getting through it and be like, "Yeah, it wasn't that bad." I like to, I love gear. I mean, we both love gear, so talking yeah. about gear is super easy. But you know what's hilarious is, is if you go back and watch all of the early gear videos and compare it to now. Like we will have been the biggest hypocrites. Yeah, we right. Will, we will have like, <laughs> yeah. we'll changed our mind like twenty times. Yeah. Why do you Why do you say that? Is there particular gear items that you've like 
said this is a piece of junk and I'll never use this before. Now you're using it or? Well, I think like it's interesting too because when you talk about like the evolution of gear, it's not a lot of the times it's not so much that gear is better or worse. It's just like we would we we just get bored and want to try new yeah. stuff sometimes. And yeah. so maybe there there were probably times I don't even remember where we said like oh this this isn't meeting the the bill and and then we're using it again now. I'm trying to think of what an, an example of that would be, but not too many. Um, you you started with a frameless and then went to a framed and then back to a frameless. I've been all over the place. Yeah, my very yeah. Because in in that video, Andy, you've got a gorilla, you've got some yeah. rear gorilla, and and which Kevin, looks packed to the gills. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 We both start well no. No. And what no, you don't so the, the thing is is that like a lot of other channels like backpacking channels people will start them right when they start backpacking and that is cool because you actually get to see like yeah. a true evolution but for me I had jumped into lightweight gear years before we started YouTubing. And so I I mean I've had an Osprey back in the day. I've had mm -hmm. My first pack was a Deuter something. And so I've I've had all that stuff. I had a, a seven pound tent. Um and it's just by the time we, we got to YouTube and it, I had yeah, I had decent lightweight gear. Yeah, because I we we started backpacking in two thousand nine and then we backpacked a decent amount then and then I stopped and Andy got big into it. That's when he got pretty ultra lighty. And then we started we started backpacking again. We picked it back up in probably 2014, 2013, 2014. Yeah. You came back to Ohio. Yeah, I moved back to Ohio. And we're bored. And then we started YouTubing. <laughs> yeah, right. And then we started YouTubing in 2017. So we had already gone through a couple iterations of gear swaps yeah. before we started YouTube. And then and then since we started YouTube, oh, the gear swapping has even like accelerated, probably. Yeah. 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 Well, I was going to ask you that question too, because how much, well, I did notice that there's a chair and in, in the videos, you guys are talking about how like amazing the chairs are. Mm -hmm. And I had wondered when that was, it's a funny like, story, actually, it's <laughs> such a thing on your channels. Wait, yeah. wait to wait to tell the story, but, uh, cause I want to hear about it because I mean, everybody's like, yeah, the reason that I have a chair is because of the Shill Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but how much of your gear decisions have been influenced by running a YouTube channel? And if you weren't running a YouTube channel, would you, do you feel like, because obviously it's hard to go back in time and say, well, I wouldn't know what I would do. But if you didn't have a YouTube channel, do you feel like the evolution of like changing gear, testing new things would have been happening? Or do you think you would have no. just stuck with not at the rate the gorilla? It not would not have happened at the rate, at the rate that it has now. Yeah. We, we, we swap gear out almost on a yearly cycle now. Yeah. And, but you know, and here's the difference in Devin, you're in this, you're in this category too. Is Oh my gosh. You're getting, I mean, we have much easier access to gear now. And, yes. um, you know, there are times when, when manufacturers will either send us something or give us something heavily discounted. And so mm -hmm. we get the, uh, we get more opportunity. It's than, easier for us. Yeah. To try, sure. to try new stuff. And so, um, yeah, but I mean, if we didn't have a, if we didn't have a channel, it would be what 99% of the world does where a month before their big 
two months before their big trip, yeah. they would start researching and then right. like what they want to swap out. And then you would immediately do the trip and then you'd be like, okay, this piece didn't work as well. And then you would like start buying stuff. So, so your, your gear purchasing is centered around trips rather than just all the time. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like, if there's a piece of gear we just think we want or think or be interested in, I'm like, ah, oh, we'll just get it. Ooh, you know, be cool to try it out. Yeah. Whatever. You know, I don't know. But, but to answer your question, definitely YouTube, YouTubing has accelerated our swapping out of gear in terms of like if gear, we, if there are gear we wouldn't have gotten if it wasn't for YouTube, I don't know about, I don't know. Maybe I think so. I think there's definitely like, there's definitely a lot of our gear that we wouldn't have gotten. I, I know I was more budget, budget, um, conscious. Maybe some of the hammock stuff. Yeah. Like, I have two hammocks. There's no way I would have gotten two yeah, hammocks. I have two hammocks too. Yeah. yeah. Like we both have two, almost two under quilt sets as well. We both have two. <laughs> we both have two. I mean, we both have two complete full backpacking kits. Yeah. And the, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, we have two of everything, which, is, which isn't a bad thing. Oh, yeah. I know. There was <laughs> gear too. My you know, uh, more than we you, do. You have probably well, yeah. You you have a ton of gear. Um, I'm trying. Are to you talking? Know. You're talking about me? Yes. Yeah. yeah the The amount of gear that I have is absolutely ridiculous. However, uh, part of that for me, which I I would fall in the same category as you guys, because if it wasn't for YouTube, I wouldn't have as much gear as I do. But uh, I part of the reason that I have as much as I do and the reason I acquire so much is because I do focus on, on a lot of gear reviews yeah. and trying to test and just provide as much like, hey, here's a new piece of gear. Like tomorrow, my video that comes out on the channel is a, a tent, I guess, that is a brand new piece of gear. And this is kind of a strategy, which I'm happy to share this. I don't really care. But on my channel... I always look for new pieces of gear and I try to be one of the first people to right, release yeah. a video on it. Strategy. Yeah, it's a great strategy. Um, and so the downside to it is it's expensive because mm -hmm. there's no way that I can get everything sent to me for free, nor, nor do I want everything yeah, sent right. to me for free. But uh, what I was getting at is like kind of twofold. Part of the reason I have so much gear is for the last 12 years I've been working in the outdoor industry. So I've had access to pro deal. Mm -hmm. mm. So I've been able to purchase gear at basically 40, 30 to 40% off wholesale or not wholesale off retail, which makes getting into more expensive pieces of gear a lot easier. Yeah. But it was funny. I didn't realize how much I had <laughs> until my wife and I took uh, two other couple friends and their kids out who didn't have any camping gear. And we literally outfitted <laughs> three families worth of tents, <laughs> sleeping bags, and pads <laughs> to go for an overnight camping trip. That's a yeah. Where do you store all that? Just tote? Is, that your, tote? is, is it your garage? Where is that? Yeah, that's it. In, in my videos? Yeah. Yeah, it's my garage. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, even I set up there. Uh, fun. Yeah. And then I've got, a, I've got a crawl space as well that has a bunch of <laughs> stuff in it. But prior to, because we just bought a house last year, prior to that I had like, we had a storage unit, we were living in my in-laws, and there was gear like 
in the closet under the stairs. There was gear out in the shed, out in the storage unit. It was in like three or four different places, and it was a nightmare. I hated it. Back in the day, Kevin and I used to have access to some pretty sweet pro deals, um, but not anymore. It wasn't backpacking gear. No. Yeah. Clothing, outdoor clothing. Yeah, and ski stuff. But... Not anymore. Not anymore. Not well, anymore. <laughs> YouTube pro deal. Yeah. No, we have the- <laughs> no. Hey, you got to get what you can get. Okay. So I guess moving on, tell us the story about the chair. Why is the Shill Brothers so like keen on the chair for the backcountry? You, it's from, you got to tell yeah. the Laurel Highlands Trail. Story. Yeah. So here, okay. So here's... <laughs> So I was so okay. We started we started backpacking eleven years ago, and we were not chair people. I was the anti chair person for many years. You probably were too. I think I was in the category of I didn't even know that they existed. Yeah, I didn't really existed because when you think of a camping chair, you think of like those big Coleman, like you know what I mean, like like twenty pound with like the cup holders in it, like car camping chair. Yeah, or it was like some some like Walmart stool. Right. Right. So we were going backpacking. <laughs> we were going backpacking in 2016 to in, in Pennsylvania. And we were going on like a, it was like, I think we did 50 or 60 miles, yeah. like four nights. And you brought it up. Well, no. Remember you and Sam went to REI right. and then you showed up. So and you didn't, you, you didn't tell me. You didn't have one? <laughs> no, because, okay. So Kevin and our buddy Sam, before they were on sale yeah before before so we meet at I, we met up at like one of our places to depart to drive to this trail it was like four hours away and kevin and sam show up together and we get to the trail we drive we get to the trail and they're like oh we went to rei and we got these they're these on sale. chairs we got two of them. <laughs> and they're like we thought about getting you one yeah, but we didn't true. <laughs> true. well we, we were we were just getting like we were going pre-trip to like grab stuff. Like I had to get a can of fuel and like, like, you know, some deep, like random stuff. And they had the REI flex light there and it was on sale and it's normally like 70 bucks. And it was on sale for like 35 bucks. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> screw it. Because I, it, it was, it was the first time I saw a chair where I was like, that's really small. Yeah. And then you sit in it in the store and you're like, this is really comfortable. And I was like, oh, it's 35 bucks. So we bought them and I wasn't actually planning on bringing it on that trip because I hadn't packed yet. And I put all my, like I packed and I was using Andy's old Deuter pack and I had fit. It was, I was like 60 plus 10. It's a big pack. Yeah. I don't remember. And on this trail, another thing is on this trail, you can stay in shelters. So you don't have to, okay. bring, which is key to the story. So I, I loaded up all my pack and I was like, oh, I can easily put this chair on there. Uh, <laughs> And then, I mean, and then we're, there was no turning back because, man, I mean, we did it for six years. We're like, you literally hike for 10 hours and you get to camp and you sit up against a tree for like three or hours. Or on a log. Or, a log <laughs> or on a rock. And after you hike that much and you get there and you can just sit in a nice, and it, it weighed a, it weighed 28 ounces. Yeah. Flex light. So not, almost. yeah, not, not light. But it was compact and we're like, okay, we're doing this. And on almost every trip, we brought it. We brought chairs now. Um, not all of them, though. I Most can't, of them. It, what was the trip where we didn't bring I don't know. One might 
broke. Yeah. Yeah. And now we've become these like the, like the patron saint of backpacking chairs because we're so, well, we're so controversial for some reason. I love how everybody just like, there's a group of people that just trash on them. But then 90% of the people who backpack, like uh, not 90s, but I see so many people in the back country with some type of sitting chair. And that, that's been something that has changed over the last 11 years. Yeah. You never used to see, and maybe because they're light now, but you never used to see people carrying backpacking chairs. No. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Helinox basically like yeah. kind of revolutionized and introduced backcountry furniture to the world. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason, the reason we went with the flex lights first was because the Helinox ones were so expensive. And the chairs right. didn't exist no. when we started. No. And the, yeah, the flex light is a fantastic chair. Yeah. And now REI has a Helinox chair zero, like flex light air, like knockoff. Yeah. It's the flex light air with an oh. underquilt that you can get for it. Yes. Yeah. And you know, the crazy thing is there's a ton of people that make those for them. There's contenders right. that make yes. them. And then we sat in one. So we went to Wisconsin two months ago and I'd never, I'd never done the quilt on the chair thing. And it, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I've I've always I've always tried to put just like a sit pad or something into the chair, and it yeah. never it never is as comfortable as just sitting in the chair by itself. No, right, but that does help from a thermal. Yeah, for winter, having a sit pad yes. it does help a lot. Yeah, but, I agree. We're the chair guys now. Happy. Well, and you've kind of like self inflicted it on your on your know. I feel like. I know. You know what the crazy thing is like we've we've broken both of our 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 chair zeros and then so many other people break them too. Yeah. They all they all break at the same spot, but we refuse to be like it's a crappy product. It's it's a good product, but yeah, the fact that we've both broken them and we know tons of people that have broken them and it's not like these aren't like overweight people. This isn't like they yeah. shouldn't be breaking. Yeah, and they're $120. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're yeah. they're kind of like stupid expensive. They are. Stupid they expensive. Are. They are. Are they are there aren't they breaking on like the the main yeah. uh yep. the main tube? Yes. Yes. They luckily they have a um they, they've been they've been true for their warranty. Um so I mean that's good. They've been replacing them, but yeah, they're going to have to next strategy of Helinox is to figure out how to reinforce that that main bar that main aluminum pole so you know we haven't had a a leap in chair technology in like two or three years no no so the the chair game right now is just everybody's now starting to make them and what andy and i have considered doing is sending like the backing of the chair zero and trying to get that we've joked with chris trying to get that made out of dyneema or something lighter <laughs> <laughs> we sent him, funny is we sent him the chair bag and we're like, dude, can you make this out of Dyneema? And like, we'll pay you. And he's like, yeah, I got some scrap. He's like, nah, he's like, I got some scrap throwaway Dyneema. I'll just make you these these chair bags. And those have been a huge hit. Yeah. But, but is have, that where the limited like yeah. sale of yeah. those came yeah. from? And we told him that was like a year and a half ago. And we're like, dude, you make need- these, Chris. Please, people will buy them. He's like, I do not want to. And then he released, he made a hundred. Yeah. He made a hundred and he released them on Valentine's Day this year and they sold out in like three or four hours. So now he's that's, that's crazy. He, yeah. he he's out of stock right now. He's gonna make another run though. Yeah. If you made a if you made a chair out of, if you made the chair backing out of Dyneema though, you would slip right out of it. 
But maybe we could put some like gripping yeah. substance on the bottom of it. <laughs> no, but if you used if you used like the hybrid the hybrid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like yeah. It like, has the, the yeah, fabric yeah. face on yeah. one side. Yeah. Come on, people. It'd be a sweaty chair in the summer. Yeah, it would be a sweaty chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other thing that we've never tried and it is a hammock chair. Okay, yeah. I was going to ask you that. Have you have you ever sat in or used a hammock chair? No, no. They they are fantastic. They look they look way more comfortable than a standard camp chair. Yeah, but you're the yeah. thing about it. The thing for us is we'd like to set up our chairs in very distinct areas around the fire, etc. And you know, obviously with the hammock chair, you're bound to the trees. Yeah. So the hammock chair really thrives on solo or like one or two person trips because yeah. yeah. You're not necessarily there to have this like big social experience, and so that the hammock chair does really well in those situations. But if you're like three or more people, you might as well leave it at home because otherwise you're you're yeah. naturally going to end up around like the fire ring. Even if you're not having a fire, you're going to sit in a circle and just have conversation with each other. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And to be the guy that doesn't bring a chair. Which oh, that one, oh yeah. Oh, don't even yeah. get started on that, Tevin. And you know what's funny is um who was it Amy that was saying when she went on the trip with you guys that you gave yes. her because you didn't want yes. to be there with that one. I was I was gonna say that because we so we had this like big YouTube uh meetup that was a trip with Bivy. Right. And uh I mean just giving background to everybody listening, but yeah, so Amy Route, she was like, well, I've never really backpacked in a group before and I don't really ever carry a chair. And I was like, Amy, I have an extra chair. You need to carry this. Otherwise, you're going to be the only person <laughs> out there that doesn't have a chair. And she was like, well, maybe it'll be okay. I'm like, okay, I'm bringing it in the car and at the trailhead, I'm going to hand it to you. And she was like, I'm so glad that you gave that to <laughs> me. Yeah, We have had so many of those experiences. Where people are like, ah, we, man, we don't need the chair. And then we're at camp and they're always sitting in our chairs. Yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah there's like a rotation. Like, hey, are you like, if someone will be like, or we'll be like, I'm going to go uh, fix my hammock. And they'll be like, oh, can I, uh, can I sit in your chair while yeah, you're doing that? Yeah. <laughs> always happens. Always. Yeah. And you're like, no, if no. you break it. <laughs> I, yeah. I carried the 16 ounces out here so I could sit on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, we always inevitably in a large group have that one person yep yep <laughs> yeah yeah it should be like a, a pre-trip conversation and like a, a checkbox do it's you true. have a chair if you don't have a chair you cannot come yeah <laughs> right yeah <laughs> but i mean there are those people that are like super anti-chair but i think for the most part that's such a small sample size of the total population of people that backpack that they just happen to be the, the loud voices Frozen's the only big backpacker I know that's vehemently anti-chair. Yeah. Would I you- think if he if he slept in a tent, he would have a chair. Yeah. And he he does make that comment about he just uses his hammock as a chair. But even like, we're hammock campers. Well, you me, you more so now than me, but even mm-hmm. when you have a hammock, it does not replace having a chair. And we've we've talked before too, like if we were doing a long distance through hike like the PCT or the AT, I wouldn't carry one. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make sense in that kind of application, but weekend, yeah. like casual trips that are not like through hikes, you got to have it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You totally got to have it. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, now that we've talked about chairs for 10 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to ask you guys about what it's like being in Ohio. 
So this will kind of be like one of the last questions I ask, although I just kind of had this idea as we were talking, I want to throw some like spitfire questions oh, since right. there's two of you cool. and I want to see the, like the brotherly dynamic here. All okay. right. Um, so we'll get to that in a second, but living in Ohio, what is planning a trip like being in Ohio? Because are you able to just like, I'm going to do a really spontaneous trip and I, the weather looks nice next weekend. And so we're going to go and you're able to just plan trips really spontaneous like that. Or are you planning trips and scheduling them out through the year? And then like telling work, I'm taking time off on these days. Um, So, and then I guess the follow-up question to that is what style of backpacker do you classify yourself as? <laughs> so if we're backpacking in Ohio, it's last minute, no it's planning. Always, it's always last minute. Zero planning. And that's only because we've, there's so little backpacking spots in Ohio that we've been to them all now. So we don't like, we're literally, we're going to go out next weekend and we're like, like two days ago, we're like, Oh, well, it looks like it's going to be okay. Let's go. Yeah. Um, but the big trips we will plan four, five, three, four, five, six months in advance yeah. and do what you're saying is get the time off vacation in fact we have a big trip planned in may and that might be up in the air now with the current environment. yeah where is that supposed to be at arizona oh um, like sedona area or uh flagstaff area you're getting on the azt we're getting on the azt oh man are you meeting darwin down there <laughs> well we have we actually did it we did a podcast with him last week Oh, nice. He lives in Flagstaff. I didn't know that. Um, Great guy. But uh, we don't know with the current situation. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. I'm downgrading it to like a 50 to 75% chance of happening. Yeah. Just with things like we don't know. So we're, we're, we're setting up contingency backpacking plans that don't require taking planes. That's the current thing we're trying to do. And and we'll do that. We did that with um, Colorado. So we went to Colorado two years ago and we had contingency plans for like forest fires. And so like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we have to like, every time we plan like the big trips that aren't Ohio, we have some sort of contingency scenario in case something goes horribly wrong. And, and now too, even if we're going outside of Ohio, but we're driving, like there's not that much planning anymore either. Because we, we know most of the places now, like Dolly Sod, Red River Gorge, Laurel Highlands. Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. And then so basically within like the the general radius of your of where you live, <laughs> there's the handful of places and you can just kind of like Yeah, and you pick know, up and go anytime. Yeah. And yeah. you know what else has been really successful too? Is there's been a couple times where Kevin and I have been super lazy and we'll just like put it in a video like what do you guys recommend and then somebody will email us a whole trip itinerary yeah <laughs> and we'll be like oh perfect <laughs> yeah we, we, we actually do that a lot now <laughs> like oh this looks good yeah oh man in yeah. utah i would i can't say i would never do that but i would be very hesitant to they do don't that. know the dates yeah we're just like we'll put out videos like hey we're looking to go to this area because it's it's people who live in these areas that are the best resource absolutely usually and it will be like, hey, that's, like, okay, that's fair. I, yeah. I see the perspective. There. So it'll, it'll be people that live in that area and they'll be like, oh, you got to check this out. And then we'll do some research on our own. And we do that more and more now. Yeah. Um, and actually, Dar- Darwin was Darwin was giving us good Arizona trail intel, too. Yeah. 
about like good passages to do and that kind of stuff. Um, but to answer your question on what kind of backpackers we are. Definitely. Uh, we definitely, we talk about this all the time. We like the camp experience. Um, we like getting to camp. We like hanging out. We like building campfires. We like eating fun, eating fun food. Yeah. Um, the back, you know, in Ohio, for example, uh, you've heard the term green tunnel, haven't you, Devin? Yes. So there, there just isn't much scenery in Ohio. I mean, it, it's pretty in its, it's own different. aspect, but there isn't like, it's not Colorado. It's not Utah where around the corner you've got like amazing like structures and mountains and vistas. So when we're at, in cool places, the, the actual physical act of backpacking is much more enjoyable but like in ohio it's like get from point a to point b and then we'll have a fun time at camp yeah yeah that's like the when i had dan on a previous episode dan becker that's kind of the same answer that he gave where it was like i'm basically hiking in the areas that are around my house (laughs) so that it's something to do during the day yeah yeah, but we also like, like we do not like doing on a on a day where we wake up in the woods and we're back all day. We don't like doing less than ten miles. I'd yeah. say, yeah, because we like that feeling, <laughs> it's weird because we like that feeling of of like being tired mm-hmm. and like earning it a little bit. Yeah, like so it's kind of like we do like the camp experience, but we also like like it doesn't feel good to us unless on a not, and now on the days we get to the trail, it's different. But on the days where we're waking up and going to bed in the woods, we generally like to do a minimum of 10 miles. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Man, I need to I need to come out to the Midwest or the East Coast area and do some backpacking and just compare uh, how easy God. or how similar yeah. the miles are compared to hiking. Like 10 miles in the Midwest to me seems like what I would be able to do two miles in Utah, if that well, makes sense. No, no, no. Hear that now. This, now. I don't know about that. Now, Ohio. Yeah, prove prove me wrong. Tell me Ohio I'm not right. Pennsylvania and West Virginia, we don't have the altitude, but we got a lot of up and down. And okay. you, don't, you don't expect that. So like where we go uh, in southeastern Ohio, it's where the Appalachian Mountains start. Um, so it's it's not flat. I mean, we can we can drive an hour away and hike 10 miles and do 2,500 feet of climbing. Which I think is pretty, and that that's more than we did on the Colorado Trail. Yeah, and I think a lot of people also that is a good amount. Yeah, people don't realize too, like out west on like these big trail systems, they're graded for like mountain biking, they're graded for livestock, and and that makes things a slightly easier. And then also there's a there's this concept that exists out west that doesn't exist in in our part of the world uh, <laughs> called switchbacks. Yeah. And uh, right. <laughs> so like there's it, it is deceivingly hard here. You don't have the elevation, though. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. At least you're not like. But you got steepness and you got up and down and up and down. Mm-hmm. And you, you won't go up. You go you, like the, the biggest climb you'll do is 500 feet, but you'll do six of them. Yeah, because you'll get to the top and like mm-hmm. it's not like you're riding on the ridge for a long period you go of time. Right back down. You go right back down. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. No, that's fair. Yeah. And I guess my perspective has just come from uh, being able to talk to various people that live east of the Mississippi, but a credible source also uh, told me at one point after hiking with me that 
he would not be surprised if I was able to do, I think like the 40 miles of pictured rocks as an overnight. If oh, I okay, 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 hold on okay, a second. Okay. That's For, a different yeah. story here. Pictured rocks uh, yeah. has like 10 feet of climbing <laughs> in 40 miles. <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt, the easiest trail I've ever done in my yeah, life. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yes. And, and what's it's awesome. fantastic. <laughs> yes. There's, 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 like, there's like one climb no, where you're like so flat. flat. It, and, and it's view after view after view after view. And you're it's, on you're on it's pine straw. Unbelievably beautiful and unbelievably yeah. easy it hiking. Is, it is the easiest hike I've ever done in my life. Yeah, you could. Well, in the geography of where Picture Rocks is versus yeah. Ohio, like I get that. Yeah. You could. Um, yeah. <laughs> I could not recommend if you were to come to the Midwest to do something. Go to Michigan. Michigan and picture picture rocks is a pretty good pretty good place to go. Yeah, it's beautiful. If I make it happen, will you meet me there? Yes. Yeah. Depends what time there of year you go. you go. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> you tell me. You tell me the best time of year when not, there's not going to be not, 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 not July. Not July. When is it? Like August? End of August? Probably? August, September. We'll meet you there. Yeah. I just, I, I'm not get, doing the bugs again. Yeah, the bugs in, in, uh, in Michigan, in Michigan and Northern Michigan and Minnesota and Wisconsin, the bugs in the summer, cause they have such a short lifespan. They get, they get real gnarly and we, we've had issues. We, we went, we, we went to picture rocks and like, it was pretty bad. Yeah. It was ju- end of June, July. It was July yeah. 4th. Yeah. 4th of July. It was, it was not good. Uh, nice. That's yeah. That's another thing about Midwest backpacking. Like, I guess you guys have bugs out there, though. Yeah. The thing oh, that yeah. the thing that gets like it, and everybody talks about summer backpacking in Ohio is just terrible, and um, it, it certainly can be because like everything's overgrown. There's spider webs across the entire trail. There's 100 percent humidity. Oh yeah. 90 degrees. It's just ticks. Ticks. It's just rough, and the, and it's like. <laughs> You, you're just pour, you're pouring in sweat and then you get to camp and like you're like by the, the physical act of not hiking does not cause you to stop sweating and you just feel gross. And then you lay in your hammock and just bake yeah. all night. We're really, that does no, not sound really enjoyable whatsoever. No, and, and, no and, and I was joking. Well, I was thinking about like, uh, I remember Jason wish like a year ago or something, put out a video about how he's done backpacking in Ohio in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend of mine. Uh, we have an area here in Utah that's uh, called Cedar Mesa. And I was talking to her and she was like, yeah, I got an email that Cedar Mesa is basically closed or not issuing permits through like the end of May. And literally the next comment I made to her was, so basically the desert is shut down until fall. And she was like, huh, when you put it that way? That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, just because it's just because yeah. it's so hot. Like yeah. once once I, May hits, if you, I mean, you're 100 plus degrees. Yeah. In the desert, like I can't even imagine lack of water availability. Yeah, I have no perspective on that. Yeah, that's foreign to us. Yeah, for sure, it's wild. Yeah. So basically, those areas that are prime for backpacking right now in the spring. Totally shut down, like yeah. because of the virus, nobody can go there. Like, oh, it's yeah, it's a wow. bummer. Yeah. yeah, it's a huge bummer to have all of that just not available. I mean, if you want to go bake your brains out and be dehydrated and yeah. possibly die, then yeah. no. July, August are great times to go. 
but I wouldn't recommend it. No, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, like we have like that's one of the biomes that we've never backpacked in, and um, yeah, and so I just have zero concept on like what what that level of heat and lack of humidity would do to my body. <laughs> yeah, plus being at elevation. Yeah, mm. yeah, lovely, lovely. Okay, so. I want to just hit you with a few like, this is almost like, would you rather okay. type of questions? Okay. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you two options of just like basic gear items. And uh, we don't have to get into a lot of discussion of why, but we can just see where it goes. But I'm going to give you two options. And then each of you have to tell me which one you would choose. Okay. Can you, can you handle it? Yeah. And you're going to get the why. sounds good we'll do like uh three or four of them because we will by the end of this we will have contradicted ourselves yeah probably (laughs) i I like it oh i like this yeah you talked about being hypocrites earlier so might as well keep that going right right. (laughs) okay so canister stove or alcohol stove (laughs) oh jesus (laughs) (laughs) all right all right right now canister stove This is a tough one, Devin. Okay, so I'm going to say alcohol stove, but one of the one of the advantages of Kevin and I going together is that you know we it's just simpler to use the canister stove. We can get two people, yeah, yeah, and we can just get going quicker in the morning. I I like using an alcohol alcohol stove better, but I will say like we're we mostly use well. We've used canister, so canister stove. Yeah, yeah, that's a painful one to answer. Yeah, that's a pain. <laughs> you because know, if you go through our videos, oh, it's just like diehard alcohol yeah. stoves. <laughs> well, and there were, I think you guys had like a recent video where you were talking. Maybe you were comparing canister stoves. Yeah, but I think I remember you, Andy. You were saying something like, "Yeah, all of these are great, but." My go-to will always be the caldera cone. No, and and I take it every time, but like, um, I'm not gonna lie. Like getting up in the morning, Kevin brings like this 700 milliliter titanium pot, and he's like, "Hey, you just want to use this?" And I'm just like, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> we can put water for both of us in it. <laughs> I, I like that's fair. Like I like the physical act of using an alcohol stove better because I I think uh, it's simple and this sounds kind of dumb but it's it's kind of like romantic to use like an yeah. alcohol stove it's rustic it's rustic yeah yeah it's fun it okay. it's okay certainly lighter than a canister stove so if weights weights your thing but and then also like um you know we we go backpacking in a in a group scenario quite often and then in the morning everybody's firing up their their canister stove and it's just like oh, i'll just throw my pot on one of these things yeah you got a big why on that response yeah yeah that was a big why only because okay. i knew we were going to contradict ourselves yeah. left and right nice good <laughs> all right okay so <laughs> the next is freeze-dried meals or cook like basic from scratch no. kind of meals like uh like dehydrate your own or just like fun food like bring stuff Fun food, steak, chicken, okay. north sides, like something that's not just like a, a a prepped meal in a bag. Sure. I mean, I, I'll go with freeze dried. It's yeah, I probably will too. Yeah. Freeze dried, dehydrated. Yeah. They can be yeah. interchangeable. Yeah. 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 Less mess, less cleanup, less trash. Now on an overnight, we might bring some fun food, but generally, yeah. 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 Freeze dried. 
Okay. So next comparison, maybe that hopefully this makes sense. Small folding knife or fixed blade bushcraft knife? We don't even Neither. have a fixed blade knife. <laughs> <laughs> See, we bring a saw in the winter. I, I have a razor blade. <laughs> yeah, I, we got Andy brings a razor blade, and I have the world's smallest army knife. <laughs> I guess that's a fixed. That's a that's a not fixed blade. No, that's a, that's a folding folding knife. So we yeah. uh, the closest thing we've ever brought to a fixed blade was when we went to Isle Royal. I bought a I brought a uh, fillet knife for yeah for, for fish. fishing. Okay, that's fair. We're not. We're not. That's fair. And we should be more, but we're not knife knife people. I I do own a mora a mora knife, uh, yeah. as a fixed blade. I use it for hunting, though. I don't take it backpacking. Yeah. There you go. I like it. Okay, so the next question comparison: framed pack or frameless pack? <sighs> God, it's frameless right now. Oh, there's some big size. Well, well it's. it's, it's- <laughs> It's because like we were framed and then we went to frameless and now we're like, sometimes we're going back to the frame depending on like, cause we've been doing a lot of winter backpacking and the winter you just have to bring the winter in the Midwest. You have to bring so much more stuff that the framed pack comes more, but these light AF packs that are frameless are sweet. Yeah. We always talk too about how, like if you have to buy one pack, you know, if you just yeah. want one pack for everything, then you got to get a frame pack. Yes, absolutely. But I, I mean like, I haven't used my frameless pack since last fall. And so. And I haven't used my framed pack. Yeah. Since 2018. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to try to get out this weekend and I'll, I will bring my frameless pack because I'll be able to finally fit it as the temperatures have warmed up. I'll be able to fit my gear in it again. So. Yeah. And I, we haven't taken a trip with without a like without a re, we've only had to go without resupplying like four or five days i i like the frameless pack we can do better. that in a frameless yeah i yeah. like the frameless pack better it's more comfortable but I, i'm just limited by yeah. by the time of year so i, I guess frameless yeah yeah frameless is the response yeah yep. all right okay the last question and this is this i feel like this is a, a stupid comparison but hammock or tent that's that's an interesting question for me I mean, that's why I'm asking it because I'm back in, (laughs) I'm back in tent mode right now. However, I want to try a bridge hammock real bad, which I've never tried before in Dutch. Because Dutch just released a new, a new hammock or had you been considering that before that release? So when we went to Wisconsin, there was a couple of dudes that had bridge hammocks there and I, I, and like, like Robert. Yeah. 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 uh, He had one. And I think Jeremy had one too. Yeah, they both did. And I wanted, I, we just never got around to getting in it. But you've always told me that the lay is completely different than what yeah, it is. Yeah. So I, I, I'm in a tent right now and, I, and I've, it's been kind of cool to go back to a tent because I was in a hammock for so long. And like tent technology is sweet now and like it's been cool and like sleeping pads are so much better than they were before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to try a bridge hammock. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in a hammock. I'm not. I'm not going to go back to a tent unless I'm in an area that will require you to use it. Um, I, I do have an ultralight tent. I just, I haven't yeah. used it in years and years and years, but no, <laughs> I like having the ability to use both systems mm-hmm. for sure. Cause there are definitely sometimes I still use a hammock and there are definitely sometimes where having a hammock is, is awesome. Yeah. I just can't, I, 
I just can't explain how wonderful it is getting into a hammock at the end of the day. Yeah, it is pretty nice. It's just unbelievably comfortable. Yeah. I, I invested into like a whole hammock setup and I slept in it, I think three or four times of like this specific one that I have. And I would way rather sleep in a tent at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not, but I, I think it's just like conditional on where you live and what, yeah. what you have access to. I, I mean, and maybe, maybe next winter will be the winter where we can get a big old hot tent and then I'll certainly. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'll buy the thickest sleeping pad I can find. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be awesome. <laughs> Very cool, guys. Well, that's all I have for this. That's fun. Had a great time chatting with you. Yeah, yeah no. Th- thank thanks you so for, much for having us. Yeah, thank thank you for having us on. I yeah, appreciate it. You guys want to want to plug your podcast and your YouTube channel? Yeah. Check out Show Brothers Outdoors on YouTube, Backcountry BSing <laughs> on YouTube and all podcast sites. There's yeah. even a episode with Devin on there. Yeah, you can see us yeah. talk to him. Yeah, and you can see it on camera. Yeah. <laughs> Check that out. <laughs> Not in just audio form. Yeah. <laughs> right on, guys. Well, again, thank you for taking time to chat. I had a great conversation with you. Just, you guys are good dudes. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Devin. Hey, thanks, Devin. Thanks, Devin.